0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to From Zero to Revenue, a show that features the journey of successful entrepreneurs from around the world. I'm your host, Chris Yap. Today, we are here to discuss how two very successful entrepreneurs transformed their idea to reality. More so, how they adapted quickly as leaders amid the ongoing pandemic. I'd like to thank our sponsor, GapTech Global, your go-to company for virtual assistance. You can learn more about their services at www.gaptechglobal.com. I am very excited to introduce our guests today. I've known and admired them for over a decade now. Please welcome... CEO of Valor Global, Simmer Mayo, and CEO of Hotfoot Recruiters, Roy Palomo. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Chris. Thanks Thank you. Thank for having you, Chris. me. Here. Okay. How are you guys doing today? Doing excellent. Uh, ready for the happy hour right after this uh, video conferencing, so <laughs> we'll make it quick. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, me too. Uh, I know it has been a crazy, crazy few months here uh, for everybody around the world, but, you know, in today's show, I I really want to, you know, inspire our audience, especially those who are going through some hard times right now in their businesses, and there are a lot of them, right? And those who are still thinking of setting up, starting their own businesses. So Simmer, let's start with you. Uh, Tell us about your company, about Valor Global. I know you have several companies and what you guys do, what you specialize in and what makes you guys unique.
1: Yeah, Chris, thanks for, for taking time for, for today. Uh, so Valor, started Valor uh, 16 years ago. Uh, April 28th was our 16th, uh, sweet 16th uh, birthday. So we've been blessed to uh, have a great team, great leadership team, great people. I think you brought up a point of uh, the challenges that people have seen over the last couple months. I'll start with that. I think the world has changed. What we we knew the world was two months ago is very different. And there's a lot of uncertainty of what the world will be two months from now. Uh And that really kind of gets to the core of running any business or being an entrepreneur is having the right people and right team around. So... I'll say it again, uh, we're blessed to have, uh, we're about 2,500 employees now globally, growing three countries, seven different cities now uh, within those countries, and, and so growing. And uh, one of the things uh, from day one till now, it's been consistent is, is the, the culture that we build and try to build. It's really, the end of it is about people. Uh, we do provide call center services. I uh, have five other companies that we own and operate. And, and those companies are almost the same size, growing significantly uh, in, in different areas. But Valor's the, the company I started, my first company, and been blessed uh, going through that. I will tell you, last two months has been uh, humbling, uh, rewarding, scary. <laughs> uh, we've uh, been, again, blessed that people are safe. Our employees, our employees' families are safe. And we're just uh, continue to do what we're doing right now and, and serve our clients.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And you, you mentioned um, something very key there, culture, which I know both you and Roy are very big on. We'll, we'll touch more on that a little bit more. But Roy, what, um, tell us something, tell us about uh, Hot Food Recruiters, you know, what, what you do, what you specialize in and
2: what makes you unique in this space. You bet. Uh, Thank you, Chris. I again, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk about Hotfoot Recruiters on your show, and and you know, kudos to you and everything that you built with 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 um, with your career and uh, and your company. So again, thank you for that. Uh, So so Hotfoot Recruiters uh, is is a staffing firm that we started uh, about a little over ten years ago. Uh, We we started the Hotfoot. In a uh, in a time where we were in the middle of a recession, which probably wasn't the brightest idea at the time, but uh, we kind of threw our hat in the ring at that time, and and uh, with a few uh, lucky rolls of the dice, we had some things fall into place, and we're able to get through uh, the you know the 2009 2010 um, era, and um, and here we are now, ten years later, and uh, so we're a staffing firm that. That concentrates in, in two verticals, kind of that we specialize in. On the manufacturing production side, uh, we've carved out a, a very good name for ourselves. And along in that manufacturing production arena would be engineering as well. Engineering area, uh, you know, higher level roles, um, you know, usually are for our exec- executive search team. Uh, Hotfoot can, uh, we do executive search placements. We also do. You know contract to hire, and we've also uh, maneuvered into the RPO space, um, which I'll talk about a little bit later. but kind of back to the manufacturing you know production realm uh, we we've seemed to find a little bit of success in the aerospace arena. Uh, we know that there's quite a bit of that here in Arizona, and so uh, we we found, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit of success there. The other side of the house that we work in is, is the contact centers, um, okay. the customer service contact centers. Uh, we have we have been able to kind of prove ourselves with some of the larger companies uh, in, in, in the U.S. And, and now we, we've been able to get a seat at the table uh, with some larger companies because of the work that we have done in the past. So, you know, companies that are well into the billions of dollars of revenue per year have been able to invest their, their trust in us. And we've been able to perform, uh, which, which is something I've been really proud of. And that's something, you know, that we worked for, for a long time, you know, Hotfoot being 10 years old, we have certainly evolved, And, uh, we are now, you know, very happy that, that we can, you know, have a seat at the table with some of these larger, you know, staffing firms and larger organizations because of what we've proved in the past. So, you know, it's been a lot of hard work. And a lot of big pivoting and a lot of being flexible to get to where we're at. So, um, and, and we're, we're pretty we're, we're pretty local to Arizona, but we have we have placements all across the country. We've been able to to uh, do executive searches and placements in in about sixteen different um, sixteen different states in the U.S. So we got a great reach. We have a great team. Like I had talked about earlier, we were able to do executive search. And uh, we are able to do production work as far as you know high volume wave hiring as well. So we we do have great range as as a as a group and and a lot of flexibility. You know, understand that during this time, during the time of the pandemic, a lot of companies either had to pivot or you know kind of stand pat and try to you know ride this wave and and see if they can come out on the other side. That's where I'm kind of thankful that Hotfits always stayed flexible with their Recruiting verticals that we worked in, and uh, you know, when one faucet turned off, you know, we concentrated on the other side, and we're able to open that one up. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll be you know happy to talk about that later. But that's what we found uh, us our ability to be versatile came in handy during this time, which we're, we're very thankful for and, and and very blessed for.
0: And, and you know, th- those are the kind of stories that really excite me you know, hearing this kind of stories. Obviously, Simmer Roy, I've known you guys for over 10 years now, right? And Simmer, when we, first of all, Simmer, congratulations on the 16th year. Uh, I didn't even realize you've been around for that long already. And that's just amazing because you've grown astronomically from the first time we met. And I think that was 2008 when we first met through a common friend. When you conceptualize having your own company, I would imagine you told me at one point how old you first were when you thought of having your own company. But when you conceptualize having your company, what was your vision and how did you basically transform that vision to reality given you know, where you are today? It's just incredible.
1: Yeah. So I think we, we did talk about this uh, a long, long time ago, but I think we may have had too many drinks at that time. Chris. Uh, um, so starting the company uh, was an opportunity. As you remember, I grew up in India. So coming to the U S again, land of opportunities and uh, true capitalism. Sure. Starting the company was uh, to achieve a lifelong goal purpose that I have. And, and, uh, and marrying my wife really kind of solidified that. But the starting valor at that point was we saw great opportunity, uh, underserved market, a lot of over promises under delivery, and that's how we started. We started as an IT company, a technology company, and since then we bought a lot of other technology companies, and uh, now we run that technology side under a different brand. And as you and when you and I met, uh, we got involved on in the call center side around that time, but it was really kind of focusing on trying to do the right thing, build something that I didn't see as an employee myself from the company I was working with. I really enjoyed the company. I learned a lot from the owner at that time. His name's Paul. We still talk uh, here and there, Paul Delosso. But one of the things that we, we couldn't get done or he couldn't get done at that time was really kind of delivering on what we're promising the customers. And and so that's been my focus from day one is build something that we can be proud of and profits and monies will come, right? If we take care of our employees, it's part of our core values, uh, take care of our customers and invest in our community. Everything else is a byproduct of that. Right. If we if we do those first things, three things right, we'll be successful. We had a, a we were a small company in 2008, Chris when you and I met, yeah. we had a beehive. big hairy audacious goal. Uh, and we set that up right at the, the top of recession time of 2020, $100 million. And everybody laughed at me at that time. It was like, hey, what are you doing? And we're yeah. like, you know, that's our BHAG. We're going to target that. And I'm very proud of our team that we are, we're achieving that BHAG. And we've set a new BHAG for 2025. And it's not about the money part. Now. It's really about kind of the employees and families and people that we, we touch and we take care of and who really helped build what we are now. And and being a big sports fan, as Chris, you may remember, yeah. I've really incorporated the, the sports analogy, the good teams, and, I, and and none of those teams I'm a fan of, so I'll talk about Patriots, uh, San Antonio Spurs, and Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I'm a Cardinals and Sunspan uh, for life. Uh, but what those guys did, they built a great organization, maybe not so much on, culture of people, but culture of winning, right? And then really figured out how to plug in the right people in the right places. So, your original question on kind of how we took our vision and really kind of made it in reality, I, I, I will give a lot of credit to these three organizations, really learning from them to kind of what works and what doesn't work, and how do you really put the right people at right seats, and how, how do you really take care of people and help them achieve their potential because. These organizations are the best example of B and C players coming in and then turning into A players. And that's the mindset that we use at Valor. Right. And you, you, you mentioned, um, you know, your, your reason
0: to kind of set up the company essentially was kind of improving something that exists. It's not exactly like inventing a new product or a new iPhone or something like that, but you, you wanted to improve something and obviously you're you're very passionate about it I've you know I've known you for for a long time in the last 10 years that you've grown you know I'm showing you've encountered several challenges right how how often or how important was it reminding yourself you know why you started the company company in the first place how important did that why play during those challenging moments
1: it's it's all about the why it's really about the purpose it's everything we do and and roy can speak to this too is as entrepreneurs it's very lonely right i mean we (laughs) we, we're responsible for so many things and very few areas to look to right and and so the why becomes a real i'm not a motivational guy i don't believe in motivation i believe in commitment Uh so for me it's like commitment is the, the most critical thing If we're committed to doing something, we're going to see it through. So our commitment is to our our employees, their families, our customers, their businesses, our community, and and continue expanding that. And and oftentimes, and I'll tell you, last two months, that purpose has really helped us actually grow significantly. And and, and, and it really comes from our, our team living that purpose day in, day out. When, when the COVID-19 thing started in, in Arizona, I believe March 13th or so, mm-hmm. our team came out with Apollo 13's uh, Our Finest Hour clip. They sent it over and they said, hey, here's everything that's going wrong, but this is going to be Our Finest Hour. And at that time, we didn't realize how critical that just that 30-second clip is going to become part of our lives. So so to your point, it's the why is what drives business, the what's and who and, and how is the later part. 99%, there's a, a video from Simon Sinek uh, who talks about the why, the purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we align our purpose, we align our why's and have the people that they're kind of focusing on the same thing, the how's, what's and who's, that's that's easier said than done. I mean, that's easier done uh, and easy, easy thing to do there.
0: I love it. That's amazing. Uh, and and Roy, we like I said, you know, we we met I think like two thousand nine. I remember we we were having lunch and um, it was in Desert Ridge. I remember you vividly because I can't forget because that's the first time I met you through another friend. And dude, you were so buff. <laughs> I said, this guy is huge. <laughs> but on top of that, you said something that was you know. What's striking because that time you said you know I'm you're starting hot foot and the the income you were getting you know because you're starting and you had an investor was like you, you could hardly kind of fit in all your bills right but fast forward ten years almost eleven years this year you've built a multi million dollar company how does that feel right and you know when you conceptualize having this company again, you know, h- how do you transform the vision and basically transform that
2: into reality and more? I'll take you back to 2009. <laughs> that vision wasn't there yet. <laughs> it wasn't there yet. Uh, the, the vision and and now I would say probably came about three and a half, four years ago, even, you know, so it, 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 it evolved to that point. So when we started HotFoot in, in 2009, you know, right around the meeting that that we were talking about, you know, we I I, I got that opportunity because I had I had I had surrounded by a great network, great friends, uh, successful entrepreneurs uh, themselves, and um, and I had always been just an extremely hard worker, and and I, I was very I was you know relatively new to the recruiting industry. With two under my belt, and and um, but but it was something I was pretty good at, and 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 uh, somebody had recognized it. A friend of mine had recognized it, and brought this up. You know, you you seem like somebody that 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 should run their own company. And I just at that point I didn't see that in myself just yet. Um, so I so I you know I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful for having people in my life that that recognize that type of a thing. And, um, and it's true, you know, we had a little bit of investment capital to start, you know, for that reason, we weren't paying ourselves that much in the beginning. And that first year was a little tough. You know, the first year we had, uh, you know, we were coming out of the recession and not too many companies were looking to bring people in. And, uh, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of stories like this, but, you know, we are looking for, uh, looking for potential uh, uh, companies to work with. And I was in this parking lot, and we just kind of I kind of peeked my head through this door uh, to see what was going on in this warehouse looking facility, ran into an HR uh, representative, uh, and they were about to embark on hiring about two hundred people for their facility. and they were they're relatively new to the area, and so that kind of let us take off, gave us the ability to you know, to to grow gave us the ability to bring more people on, and uh, that's where that's where it kind of all started. Um, you know, the who is definitely the the important factor. Summer, so you did a great job explaining that and and bringing the right people on. Uh, there there is a, a story I'd like to tell you that although it happened five years ago, it is very relevant to what's going on today uh, with our pandemic. With the pandemic and what companies are going through we 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 obtained a client that that at the time needed you know several um, they were either Spanish speakers or bilingual employees and 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 uh, we were just having a very tough time, you know, try to find these people. We had uh, myself who who spoke very broken Spanish in the office and and not too many other people that could you know find these types of candidates. Okay. So if I can, go back probably eight years to my previous career. I used to run fitness centers within the school district of Roosevelt and the school district of Tempe. And I used to bring fitness programs to kids that were in kindergarten through eighth grade. It was something on top of their PE program. And I would have students that would come before school or after school to, to come in and work out. I mean, it's a full fledged workout. It, it's not games. It was a natural fitness program. Uh, without going into too much detail, I had lots of students, lots of dedicated students that really loved it. Fast forward up to about five years ago, I called this restaurant to order some food and it was some Mexican food. And and, um, and I picked up the phone and the gentleman who answered, I said, you know, wow, that really sounded like one of my students from 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought nothing of it when and got my food, you know, went back to the office. And then two years after that, we're talking two years later, I called that same place. The only other time I have been, there. I've been there twice. And the same person answers. The person's name was who exactly who I thought it was going to be. So I drive up there, I get my food, I poke my head backward, and I said, You know, is is that so-and-so? And they said, Yes, it is. And I go, Can you have him come out here? And it was my student. Last time I had seen him, he was in seventh grade, but now he was a grown man, been working at this place for I think 15 years as a manager and a dedicated employee, and I said, "Do me a favor. You come see me after you're done." Uh, brought him in. He is, uh, you know, he 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 speaks Spanish very well, and I said, "You know what? Let me give you an opportunity here that might be able to change your change your life and change your situation." And uh, within two weeks, we had him here at the office, and he started a pipeline of bilingual. Uh, uh, employees that we were able to get, and he's very well connected within the within the community. And 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 a lot, of, most people that are in that community reach out to him from time to time for work. Fast forward now, Hotfoot it has a little bit of a niche within the manufacturing industry, and in that we can find sewers. Uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, companies were looking around to pivot. You know, what 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 can we do? Who's going to be hiring? Who's not hiring? And we had been very successful in the contact center and, uh, uh, world for the past two years. And, and a lot of our revenue was coming from there. But that was one of the areas that slowed down quite a bit. And um, so we had uh, we, over the past year, we had, we're making good connections with the Arizona Commerce Authority. And, and we decided to call a meeting with them and say, hey, can you let us know who might be hiring right now? Um, and and how we maybe approach them or help. We really wanted to help during this time. And uh, I said, I don't know if you guys do this, but we actually have one of the strongest pipelines of industrial sewers in the state of Arizona. And and I know people are trying to figure out ways to do masks and 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 maybe gowns and that type of a thing. So by planting that seed, it took two days uh, for us to get connected with a couple of organizations that were doing just that. That were that were manufacturing PPE for frontline uh, responders right now. And lo and behold, um we were able to pivot and we were able to start assisting these these organizations with labor, you know, to help with this. And so made us feel good obviously to help out the community and help out people uh, in the in the pandemic, going through this pandemic right now. But at the same time, you know, it all started five years ago, so you never know when when an idea or if you know you have the right person in the right spot may pay off down the line. And, and, and this way it certainly did. Um, and uh, it's a story that I, you know, I've probably told the story uh, several different times about how a, a student of mine that was 10 years became an employee of mine 20, uh, you know, when he was 25 years old. But now this just added another layer into it with the pandemic and how much he's been able to help, you know, with with, uh, you know, getting hot foot through it, but also helping out the community. So
0: that's awesome. So you, you mentioned something there that's very, very admirable, as well as it's very common with a lot of entrepreneurs, because a lot of times when people think of entrepreneurs, you know, they think that when they started, they know everything already. Right. But the reality of being an entrepreneur, it's kind of like jumping off the cliff then when you jump, that's only the time you start building your parachute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes it's, it's always, not always, but oftentimes it's like that. In doing so, how critical was, like, the people around you, the network? I know you mentioned that, you know, you, you were just surrounded by these people, did you have like a mentor who was kind of guiding you through the process? If you did, like, how, how important is that in the entire, I guess, process of the entrepreneurship?
2: I didn't necessarily have a mentor specifically, but as I alluded to earlier, I had several several friends that were very successful in the organization they had created or and that they had built and that they were currently running, and you know, anytime an idea would come up weather was, you know, a lot of things were new to me. You know, marketing was new to me. Branding was new to me. Um, you know, I knew how to recruit. I knew how to fill seats. I knew how to, I knew how to talk to people. That was my strength. You know, a lot of the other things were very, new to me. So it was, it was, it was, always asking questions, you know, and, and sometimes I was laughed out of the room with some ideas that I thought were going to go correctly or that I thought, Hey, what do you think if I do this for the company? And I was left out of the room a few times because and they explained why, and and again, very fortunate to have those samples of bounce off ideas, to bounce ideas off of, um, and and to get advice from. So it was it wasn't anybody in particular, um, but it was more network that I had created, you know, throughout throughout my life that I leaned on quite a bit, and lucky to have.
0: Awesome. All right, now Simmer, you've got two other companies, um, you know, that you kind of built. Uh, along the way. Tell us a little bit about those two other companies and what's your style? How do you kind of juggle your time and stay focused, you know, in each enterprise? Because, you know, we're, we're talking all three companies are they're pretty large. What's your, I guess, strategy in, you know, making sure every, every company is taken care of almost equally and with proper growth and or nurturing what's how do you do that
1: yeah so we have build uh, kind of the kpis so the, the key performance indicators of so every every kind of action we take in the company so it aligns with our values and then from those uh, kpis we have scorecards so we have a dashboard that we look at every day i mean i still have it open on my laptop uh red yellow and green super green so we look at that uh, the, the previous question that you were asking, Roy, I'll, I'll just take part of that and, and answer this is, when we started the business, we didn't have a business, kind of a, a book or something and say, here's how to run business. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of failures. And, and I'll tell you this, I, I'm a big believer in failing, I mean, and, but failing fast. And that's been our mantra. And the company is like, we're gonna, we're going to try to put our best effort to get it done. And if we fail, it's okay. We're going to learn and we're going to just move on and and continue kind of getting to the right way. But what it did was uh, got us to a point where we build kind of our own internal business operating system uh, to run business. And that's been a key kind of a, a contributor to our growth where we can see every metric that's happening in the business in real time. Now Our team is updating this daily and we got hundreds of people in in different countries working on those reports to get it to clients, employees. But that's how we run the business. Really, at the end of the day, it's red, yellow, and green. Every department, every uh, company, uh, president, their teams have their own KPIs. We're able to see that. And if they are in the red, what are the countermeasures we're using? So we're a big lean shop. So we have incorporated lean within our business. Uh, We've got a lot of lean certified people And it's very unique in call centers and IT companies and neurotech companies. All of that is people don't incorporate lean, but that was our, our kind of a a secret sauce to, to put that with the dashboards to really see, are we doing this right? And if we're not, how do we pivot? How do we, how do we course correct ourselves? And then the actions that we're taking, are those correct? Right. So it's, it's a very fast moving kind of business and in, uh, that's where we have to find the right people that believe in change. And, and change is the most challenging part for a lot of people because people don't like to change. It impacts their personal lives and impacts their family lives. And, and oftentimes we want certain things a certain way. We all want our coffee in the morning the same way. Uh, and anytime it's different, we're, we're like not in a good mood in the morning. So that, that's the same thing with business. So what, what this helped us do change very fast and pivot very fast so uh very transparent too so it really kind of puts accountability on everybody in the company is like are we doing this right or not uh and that builds alignment and so we've been we've been working on this for the last 12 years and we started this in 2009 uh 11 years now so uh and that's when we came up with our b hack and we actually took this model from a book called mastering the rockefeller habits uh, by warren harnish and now it's called scaling up. Uh, it's like how do you how do you build a, a business and build accountability? And that's where we use the sports analogy. The sports teams like how are they making sure every year, if they have gaps in defense offense, they're bringing the right people in, plugging the right spot, and making sure they're delivering. And that's been our model. And we've been blessed to to be able to do that. My time is really focused on the strategy side with the, the leaders to. Kind of make sure we're doing this right, and then how do we grow? How do we take care of our employees, and how do we continue to invest in our community?
0: Right, and you know, obviously the KPI, the process. I know you've you've always been big on that, and I, I knew that that's a major uh, ingredient in how you grew fast, like astronomical growth. Um, how are you able to balance the you know managing the KPI? While managing, you know, the employment, the employee engagement and morale, because, like you said, you know, oftentimes we're we're, we're resistant to change, right? And having thousands of employees, not everyone's going to be uh, open to the changes, right? How do you manage the balance between managing the KPI and keeping the employees engaged?
1: Yeah, so a lot of mistakes. <laughs> We've made a lot of mistakes there, uh, but again, I look at people who are committed, and if they are committed, they, they have the trust that we can, we can get through those situations. And, and really, trust becomes a key part. There is not, we don't want people to fail, right? We all yes. want to I win. Mean, we all want to be successful. We all, all want to be able to achieve our dreams. So continue to support that kind of notion and continue to kind of put our money where our mouth is with our investment in our employees. So we build a leadership academy within the business, uh, which our leaders kind of teach on uh, new and upcoming, uh, uh, I'll say, like level one agents, uh, techs and all that and promote from within. So it's it's a lot of kind of a self-learning and in, in, uh, kind of making sure that people are understanding that red is not bad. Red means what we're doing is not working uh, or the expectations not set up correctly with the client or the KPI is incorrect. It's like really going into, and this is where the lean part comes in, is the, the root cause to really understand what we're doing and why it's not working. I mean, I think Einstein or somebody said is that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And and that's where I think that, I believe KPIs come in handy is saying, we're in red week one, okay, we need to course correct. We're in red week two, week three, there's an alignment issue. Either the goals are not correct the team's not correct, The something's going wrong, and really then finding the root cause um, becomes the, the key thing. And we've been fortunate and uh, blessed to have the right people. And, and with the high growth, the one of the challenges we've had is we've all overgrown our capabilities. So we all are kind of constantly learning. And Roy said that having the right network of people, having people you can reach out to and say, hey, I call it R&D, rip-off, and duplicate, is like we're trying to do this, not working. What are you doing that's working? And I'm never shy of asking people, you know, what's working for them and, and what's not working for them. That way we can learn from our mistakes.
0: So I think what you've said, I think we can incorporate that in the you know keynote that you mentioned when we were starting this uh, conversation. Culture, right? So obviously, culture should you know that's playing a big part in how all these moving pieces is playing in and how everything's jelling in together. How important is culture in making sure that, oh, you know, employees stay engaged, management embrace the same vision as you do. I mean, I have less than 100 employees and I find that challenging already. I mean, having 3,000, I mean, you know, over 2,000 employees that you have right now how? Where does culture play in and how
1: important does that play? It's all about culture, Chris. A, everything we do at the end of the day is really about culture. And, and look at culture like if you're in any relationship, marriage, friendship, anything, right? It's If we say, I mean, I know you've been married. I mean, we all, you and I at least married way out of our leagues. I don't know about Roy, but uh, <laughs> one of the things I did <laughs> is something to our wives and we don't deliver on that. We know the end result, right? <laughs> we know what happens there. And it's the same thing with, with any other relationship, right? We commit to something. That's where I go back to commitment is like, we're committing to taking care of each other. And at the end of the day, that's our sole responsibility. And if we deliver on that part, and that's where the who's and how's and what comes in, that's the easier part. If we align our purpose, our culture together, and really deliver on our promises and we, and we failed too. And it's not that we figured all of this out. But again, Dennis, failed fast, right? Okay. We didn't do this. What's our course correction here? How do we get back on track? And how do we do that? And people are committed, they will go through kind of crazy times with you. And, and that's where we've seen is a lot of our employees that started as frontline agents, managers, now are running their vice presidents. I mean, you know Tom. Tom and I—I I mean, yep. he's the president of one of our companies, and and has done incredible. We have a lot of other leaders like that that have basically done every role in the company, but they understand kind of what we're trying to do here, what we're building.
0: And, and Roy, I know you're. This is one of the things that you're really big on as well, culture. You know, you've got uh, employees in different locations around the U.S. and you working with. Fortune, what ten Fortune one hundred clients? How significant did culture play as far as you know reflecting the company culture all the way to your uh, not just employees but to your clients? You know how does that play, and how were you able to do that so successfully?
2: My group of employees is sitting at about fifteen, so quite a bit less than both of you. Uh, But there, but there are certain challenges with having um, it's about 40% of, of the team uh, living in a different state um, that, you know, the, the challenges is that you, you want them to feel. I love, I love going to work. I love being in the office. I love the feeling of the camaraderie. I love having uh, to, you know, to see everybody every day. I, I, I wake up every morning and look forward to it. And the key is to try to create that with the group that's not there. Um, and you can do that. A with you know, technology is great these days to be able to include them on meetings and and and, and things uh, you know that we're using technology along those lines. But I think what really helps keep the group engaged and and keeps the culture strong is to ask for ideas from them. You know, um, you talk about ideas um, and, and transforming ideas to reality. I think when you get ideas from one of your employees and you turn their idea into a reality, it goes a long way with not only that employee, but the group. And and that's something I've really tried to listen to lately um, and, and try to cultivate within the group that um, it really lets them know that not all the decisions are made made from the headquarters here in, in, in Phoenix, but um, you are part of that, of, of the headquarters or headquarters as a whole. So I really try to listen to the employees on that side um, with their ideas and help turn those into the reality. So they they really feel a part uh, of, of what we're doing as a company. Right.
0: And then, you know, let's, let's talk about people staying. Uh, Simmer, you mentioned Tom. I know Tom's been with you forever. I love Tom. You know, you've got other employees there. Who's, who's been there since you guys started, even prior to uh, being Valor Global. What's the secret? I mean, is there a formula? Because um, you know, success it can be defined in many ways, right? Whether it's you know financial or whatnot. But I think the the success as far as being able to keep your employees engaged and embrace your vision that's something else so what's what's the secret i mean you know for those who are looking to grow their organization obviously we know that people is key how do you do it and you're doing it with three
1: different organizations um what's what's the secret there yeah well i wish i I had a secret that i could uh kind of replicate all across but but it really goes back to right people, right seats, right? And in, in having the right people who are committed, aligned, and your purpose is aligned. I think we started this this uh, call with the why, right? If as long as their why is aligning with what we're doing and they're seeing the results, they will stay. Then you have to do you have to deliver on the promises, right? Again, it's the same thing as marriage. There's a lot of times marriages last for a lifelong a lifelong, and then there's a lot of times. Marriages don't, because things change, people change. It's the same thing with business. Building the culture, going back to the sports analogy again, is there's very few organizations and we look at the last 20 years that have won multiple championships. You look at an NFL, look at an NBA. I don't watch uh, baseball, so I'll, I won't go in there. But these two... two That's st- Roy's stopping though, but go ahead. of <laughs> yeah, uh, go go over that? But there's few organizations that have done this over and over again, right? The Patriots. We saw the Tom Brady and Belichick model. We saw with uh, Steve Kerr at Golden State. And we saw with San Antonio Spurs, multiple championship and Lakers, right? So how did they do it? They had the same people kind of working on the, the mistakes that they made the previous seasons, correcting that, bringing the right people in. And they did that over and over again. And then you have star players like Kobe and... Brady and all those guys, and you you put them together with the, r- the right group of people that you can win championships. And as long as you're winning championships, the only reason people will leave is either they want from these organizations, either they want more money or they want this kind of a different uh, scenery or something, right? So investing in people becomes critical, and then making sure people are able to achieve their dreams, because at the end of the day, we are just a way of helping them achieve what they're they have the potential for, right? And, and if it's not with us, that's the last thing we want to do is hold them and 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 keep them there because we're not doing justice to them and, and to their potential there. Gotcha.
0: You know, as leaders, we we are often um criticized uh and you know mentioned earlier that it's lonely on top. How do you are are there like uh, certain routines you do in the day? Like I know there are certain people who've got certain routines that prime themselves, like, you know, Anthony Robbins. Are you practicing any of these? Like, you know, because I've always believed that as an individual, we're composed of three Bs, right? Our being, our body, and our brain, right? And I'm I'm a big believer on taking care of those three aspects every day. And I think that's... That's probably the only reason how I kept my sanity <laughs> over this last decade in going through the ups and downs. But do, do you have like a specific routine that works for you? And how important is that in,
2: um, in your day-to-day life? Roy, you want to take it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so, you know, I think as you said it, in 2009, how buff I was in 2009. I, I I would I would kill to get back to that that point now. <laughs> but uh, but it shows exercise has always been big for me. It's I start my morning. Uh, both my wife and I start my morning. Our mornings out uh, at in the morning with a workout. Now those that has changed with the with the pandemic. Uh, we can't go. Uh, to that gym, that class every morning at for 5 a.m. But uh, I'll change that into workouts uh, at seven in the morning out by the pool uh, via video. And uh, that is for me the mind, I mean the body is the mind right for me. Um, that keep it, that allows me to stay sharp. Uh, it really sets the day that it's, uh, you have you've already accomplished something that takes quite a bit of of exertion and but supplies you with with a lot of energy throughout the day and uh there is definitely a difference between a day that uh you do not have your your exercise regimen in to the days that that do you know to keep the mind straight you know to keep the mind crisp keep the mind tight you know i do just listen to a lot of a lot of podcasts a lot of things a lot of shows like this to to try to learn more and get more information i, I i'm not much of a reader but i will listen to information um and i will read for for information i won't necessarily read for for pleasure or or fiction or anything like that but i like to gather as much information as possible so you know always always open to hearing about new things that that other people are listening to and and um other ways to
1: get to get motivated and other ways to learn awesome Just, just to add to that chris i mean the it's the last 60 days, at least one of the things it's given us is kind of staying at home, right? we we all travel all over the world and, and constantly on kind of on the go. But what it's allowed us to do is really kind of take that time to reflect, to really look at what's happening around us and how fortunate and blessed we are and how we can continue to help others mm-hmm. uh, getting through this. And and so I, I, jokingly call it 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. routine. You meditate at 5 a.m. You drink at 5 p.m. And life is good, right? If you're able to do that, things are okay. But to, to Roy's point, I think the, the, the key part there as entrepreneurs, we got to look at is kind of what's going on around us, right? There's a lot of noise, there's a lot of uncertainty, and our biggest responsibility is to make sure that our teams, their their families are taken care of and we don't add to that uncertainty. So over-communication is critical right now. Getting on daily huddles and getting on kind of the team messaging and, and all that. Just it's, it's very critical, especially right now. And then reaching out to other entrepreneurs. So I'm a group, uh, part of a group called YPO, GPL. I reach out to those guys every day. It's like, hey, I'm running into this scenario. What will you do? I have a forum, YPO, forum, Charlie. I talk to my my guys all the time. It's like, what are they seeing, right? So we can be better prepared if when we go to our employees and answer those questions that we can, uh, we can do a good job. I was on a, a call earlier and our governor was speaking there and he's done an incredible job and I don't want to talk about politics, but uh, what he keeps saying is I'm focusing on Arizona. And, and so my focus is very similar from a business standpoint is I'm not gonna solve the government's problem. I'm not gonna solve all these things that are going around us. It's how do we focus on the problem we have? That's our employees, their day-to-day stuff, our customers, their day-to-day, system, day-to-day stuff, and the community things that we're involved with. So I think to your, to your original question uh, as entrepreneurs, how do we stay focused? And then that's where the meditate part comes in. And by the end of the day, you're so beat up, it's like you need a drink, and that's where the 5 p.m. drink comes in. So.
0: I agree one hundred percent. That's that's my routine right there as well. Uh although I gotta admit uh the drinking part I kinda let go a little bit just because I'm getting old and I'm feeling some joint issues here and there. Yeah your especially on Sunday. air. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, that's that's reality. I do I do miss my single malt though.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well you, you know, the thing about, Simmer, you mentioned something, you know, that kind of remind me of our, you know, from, you know, the early days in our relationship. You, you mentioned focus, right? There was one day you, that you told me that, you know, because at that time I was dumping on different things. And you said that, Chris, if you can focus on something, you'll be great. That stuck to me until today. And I really took that by heart. I really did. Um, what would you advise for? Because as entrepreneurs, it's so easy for us to get excited, right? Like we see, we get an idea. Like it's so easy to dabble into that. And I'm, I'm guilty because just because I, I have the ability to connect dots so quickly, and then I get excited, I see the potential, and I try to do something, and then. But eventually it distracts me from what I originally kind of wanted to do. But in your case, you know, you're able to stay focused, but still able to venture into, you know, other uh, enterprise. How do you strike that balance between staying focused and keeping your uh, mind open to other opportunities? What's How, how did you get that done?
1: Well, that's the tough part. It's challenging, right? Because I mean, grass is always greener the other side, right? It, it's it's uh arguably. <laughs> yeah. And 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 so it really goes back to the commitment part. It's like, okay, what is what are we trying to achieve here, right? What's the end goal? If the end goal is really you build something, you want to build something that has a certain KPI to it, that a certain I want to get to this number of employees, number of financial, whatever that is till you get to that point that's still work in progress. Very few people know this and I'll share with you, i only read three books in the last 10 years, business books. And <laughs> I'm still working on getting those books 100% implemented. I'm about 50% done. And I stopped reading books because everybody gets all these ideas. And for my thing is like, let's get this done 100%. And once we get this done 100%, we'll see the results. And we're at 50% and we're growing... Crazy, and we were fixing our mistakes and doing that is bringing a lot of other opportunities. I mean, last three, four years, we ventured from being IT call center neurotech, investing in a sports team. Now we're working on a mining business. So we're, we're adding a lot of different businesses in there, but those are the opportunities that are coming from doing the core business. And I remember that conversation you and I had in our Scottsdale office, and it's the same thing that you have done incredible. You're such a talented guy. You have so much potential and in, in, in just kind of harnessing all that energy into one area is, is the most critical thing. I learned this a few years ago, five years ago from my YPO uh, Charlie group. Uh, one of my friends, Paul, it, it said that I was trying to join a whole lot of boards and other things and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, you you have an obligation to your business, to your employees and all the things and you're you're trying to do all these other things that don't align with your kind of core goals. So so really aligning that part and reaching out and asking people. One thing I've learned is there's so many people they want to help you. They may not be able to help you in in ways that you need help, but they will be able to share their experiences and, and really tell you what not to do. And oftentimes in entrepreneurs, that's our biggest mistakes we do is we we, we see the sexiness out there and we just kind of start following that and forget the the kind of the why we're in this uh, to begin with.
0: Yeah. And I think to your point, as far as, you know, staying focused on the why you're doing it. I mean, like, as you know, you know, I recently, you know, I accepted an opportunity. I, you know, I bought into an opportunity with notice.co and my biggest, uh, I think reason for doing that was because it allowed me to work with such great people. Like my partner there, um, You know, I've got two partners there, Dolph and Paul. There's, it's just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom you, you get from them. And the joining that kind of enabled me just to have that easy access with that wealth of wisdom. And obviously it aligns with what I want to do, what I want to achieve, which is I want to serve entrepreneurs. You know, they're a marketing firm uh, and I'm an outsourcing firm and I got married together. It, it just made sense. But, you know, I, I'm not trying to justify that. You know, I kind of got out and out of focus with with the company. But when you have those opportunities, those are opportunities that's just so difficult to say no. Right. Especially when it involves it's going to help you achieve what you want to do, which to me ultimately, like I said, you know, when I, when it's my time to leave earth, I want to be remembered as, yeah, that guy helped me grow my business. That's, you know, if, if someone, if a client would talk and give a eulogy about me, that's how I want to be remembered, that guy helped me grow. Um, and that's kind of my personal commitment. I feel that that's my personal why. Um, and that's why I'm in this business, right? And That's why I have you guys as part of my network, which I'm so blessed to have you guys around. So my point is, you know, for those listening, you really have to surround yourself with the right people. Right. Um, And I'd say to start with at home, I'm super blessed to have the wife that I have, you know, Azel, you know, my rock. I mean, she gets me. And she's probably the only person who's crazy enough to <laughs> just to kind of tolerate uh, the entrepreneur in me, which, you know, having that support system, not just on the business side, but on the personal side, um, it's key. Well, you know, I don't know if Vicky listening right now. So you're, yeah, you're a lucky man. Uh, you know, not only is Vicky really talented uh, and smart, but, you know, There's a chemistry and same goes with you, Roy. I mean, it's that chemistry and that understanding. It's just kind of solidifies. Um, It just makes it, I wouldn't say easier, but it allows you to do what you're passionate about uh, without having any conflict. Imagine, Imagine having a household where, you know, this is what you're passionate about, but you can't bring it home because there's no chemistry. I don't know if that's really going to work, but I guess in, in our case, obviously it's, you know, it's easy for us because we have, we're, we're lucky to have the wives that we have right now. But mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're very close to kind of ending the show. I just wanted to kind of touch on this point. I know both of you are really big on giving back to the community, right? Simmer, tell us a little bit about, you know, what are your initiatives from the moment I've, Met you. You're, you've always been big on that. Are you? What are you guys doing right now, and how important is that in the entire culture of your company?
1: Yeah, so that's part of our values, kind of what we do, why we do it, uh, and we're we're currently engaged several different community initiatives, uh, helping a lot of local businesses. Uh, I don't know if you saw the recent stat: only twenty five percent of the local businesses in Arizona got the PPE loan. So we partner with a company called Local First Arizona that's helping businesses that didn't get the loans. And, and so we're we're working with them to, to engage with that. We're supporting the Cardinals carry out initiative. So we're doing a lot of things there and our Cardinals, we love the Cardinals. Michael Bidwell done an incredible job there uh, building that. And, and so we're doing a lot of things there as well, working with local restaurants and local places, food drives, a lot of food drives right now. I mean, Believe it or not, even in Scottsdale, uh, a lot of uh, kids in Scottsdale school districts were on the, the program for, for free lunches and they're not getting the lunches and we're only getting one meals right now. So we're, we're working towards that. And then we're working on kind of the homeless shelter thing where we believe, and, and we've seen the, the numbers recently, a lot of the uh, people as they go back and we have a high unemployment rate in, 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 in the country there's going to be a big impact on homelessness. So how do we kind of help and solve those things and 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 get out of there? So yeah. So it's it's a it's a challenging time, but again, we're blessed to be where we are and 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 giving back. And we could we don't call it giving back, but it's it's really part of who we are and what we're doing is key for us. Awesome. And and Roy, I know you're, you've got some initiatives as well with
0: nonprofit.
2: What what are you doing on that end? Yeah, you know. So on a, on a on a personal note, I I do belong to an organization here in Scottsdale uh, called the Scottsdale Charles, Um, That uh, we're a nonprofit organization, and and we support about thirty plus charities here in the Scottsdale community, and uh, as well as the Scottsdale School District with money throughout the year. Uh, so, so a group I'm very very happy to be uh, very proud to be a part of. That is a group that is you know inundated with leaders of their industry as well as entrepreneurs that that we get to talk to um on a, on a daily weekly basis so very fortunate to be connected with them uh, as far as the company with hot foot recruiters what we have done is right when the pandemic started and we saw the effect that it was going to have on companies you know there were companies that you know didn't really have any other option but to to cease cease operations uh, but we knew there were some companies still that were going to forge on and and if there was a way for us to uh and in order to forge on people still needed to hire to hire labor and uh so we immediately discounted fees out there to all of our clients for the next couple months as far as any any uh personnel that they were going to bring on uh through Highfo recruiters you know to help them manage and 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 just get very flexible with with uh, any of the pricing structure we had before, and so we immediately implemented that in, in, into uh, into our you know into our model to see if we could you know just help any any company out there that that needed it at the
0: time. So just to wrap up here, um, Roy, what would you what advice to um, would you give to entrepreneurs? who are struggling right now you know especially with the pandemic and or or those you know want to be entrepreneurs what advice would you give them uh in today's
2: economic environment you know on on the on the big picture is is persevere you know just stay with it and grind it out even even at the time if even if it doesn't look great still continue to fight because uh You know, there we were very lucky as a company to. I think the term I use was getting a lucky roll of the dice back in two thousand nine with that with a company that we we happened to stumble upon. So it all the work that you're doing, all the work that you're all the grinding that you're doing, and it it will pay off. It 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 will. So so keep fighting the good fight. And the only other you know uh, advice I would give is, and we've talked about this at Nausean today with human capital and, 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 and the people you bring to your organization, you know, not everybody's going to be a home run, but if someone that you bring into the organization is not a fit your organization, just make sure you learn from it, you know, make sure you learn from it and take the data from there and, and use that information to improve your organization down the road. And that's something, you know, it, it, it's taken us a long time to learn, but that's how you're going to ensure that you just don't make the same mistake twice. And, You know, if you invest in your human capital, it's going to make you feel very comfortable to take on a new project that you might not have been ready for a year ago. But if you have the right people that buy into your philosophy, that feel empowered to make their own decisions and have the tools that they need to do their job well, that's going to allow you to take those chances, take on bigger bigger projects and allow you to grow. That's a great advice. And
1: simmer. Well, I mean, just to be I mean, Roy, Roy really uh, hit it. And, and I'll just say it: is it's kind of reach out to other entrepreneurs right now. We we've set up a a, a mentoring group. Uh, we've had several CEOs uh, running businesses from fifty to a billion dollar, uh, fifty million to billion dollar uh, companies right now. Kind of volunteering their time to help businesses. Kind of just helping them get through what they are, what they're going through right now. And just get some kind of advice, whether it's your PL advice, cash advice, decision-making advice, and run those different scenarios by these guys who have, who have experienced this. And, and, and the key part there really, and, and Roy brought this up, uh, is, is your people, right? Make decisions in the best interest of your company, and people need to come first, right? Not profits, not other things, because if you have the right people committed to letting, helping you get through this, We'll, we'll all get through this and it's going to be tough right but once you get through this every crisis there's some opportunity in there and and just just stay calm because those guys are going through so much uncertainty on their own the last thing they want is to see us panicking and and going crazy so uh, I think the mentoring part is 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 I've seen working a lot a lot of local businesses right now are struggling they're reaching out they're 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 talking to other CEOs that are kind of have gone through similar experiences. And at the end of the day, if that's what we really need at times. Is like not just the hope part. I don't use hope a lot. Um, hope's not a strategy for me. But just get to kind of get your direction of what what is the right direction and what is the outcome you're really looking for. And just be honest with yourself. I mean, there's there's this is the time we all need to be honest with ourselves. Look in the mirror and see what we're doing, why we're doing.
0: Awesome! I love it um and you know i would um i would give the same advice absolutely the same uh, guys this has been an amazing show thank you so much for being here but before i, I go or we go simmer for people who want to contact you what's the best way to get a hold of you
1: i can give you my email my cell phone number i uh i had an article i think a week or two ago in phoenix business journal they posted my Email and uh, phone number. I'm I'm talking to a lot of CEOs right now, and I'm connecting them with other CEOs if I'm not available. And and uh, I I believe there's uh, we're spending about two to three hours a day right now talking to a lot of different companies. So uh, happy to to talk to uh, anyone.
0: As far as website, uh, would you like to share your website, Summer?
1: Yeah, uh, valorglobal.com. In uh, in uh, my email is my first name dot last name at valorglobal.com.
0: Awesome. And, and Roy, uh, contact information for people who want to reach,
2: reach you with? Uh, you bet. I'll give you, you know, several avenues to go to. Uh, LinkedIn is, is a very easy one. You can reach out to me. I'm, I'm constantly on that platform. Our Hotfoot Recruiters website, hotfootrecruiters.com. Uh, even if you were to um, select the contact info, uh, that email will go directly to me. Uh, and um, my email address is r that's R P A L O M O at Hotfootrecruiters.com. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks
0: so much for being here to show. And again, this is Chris Yap with gapta Global, your go-to company for virtual assistants specializing in LinkedIn marketing, talent sourcing, digital marketing, and online course development. You can find us online at www.com GapTechGlobal.com which is also the proud sponsor of this show From Zero to Revenue I will see you in May remember as Stephen Kobe said all things are created twice first in the mind then in reality take care